This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and my co-host, as always, is Sherelle Boyer. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So, what we are going to talk about first, uh, the biggest news story of this week would be this Green New Deal. Mm. So, for those who don't know, uh, the Green New Deal is something that actually has been floating around in the Democratic Progressive Party for about 10 years now, but has just gotten more attention lately, Um, specifically from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I know your favorite, um, (laughs) and a senator from, I believe, Massachusetts, Senator Markey. Um, They have put out this 14-page proposal about basically all of the things that this Green New Deal would entail. Um, Now, it's not super specific, but it does outline some things that they'd like to do. Um, Some of those things would be pushing for 100% renewable energy within the next 10 years, um, transitioning away from fossil fuels, uh, implementing a social cost of carbon, so some kind of a a tax on that, um, investing in electric cars and high-speed rail systems. But then it also goes into more social stuff like universal health care and... increasing minimum wages so first what i think i want to ask you is do you support this green new deal i do and i don't at the same time okay let me explain i do support it because of course as a democrat myself i do 100 percent believe that climate change is real like there's like i said there's places where it's hot and it should be cold and there's places where it's cold and it should be hot I don't know if I said that wrong, but anyhow, (laughs) but um, I do support it. But at the same time, it's every year we're moving closer and closer. So I know this sounds awful, but what makes this year different? There's so much other stuff that we should be putting our time and energy into. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Flint still has messed up water. There's other situations that Democrats need to focus on. Right. And I love Alexandria Ocasio. I I actually do. We did have an episode on this, so. (laughs) I do love her, but in that episode, I did say that I do think she does, she does a little bit too much for someone that's new. I like that she's trying to be ambitious with it. Like, she does have very ambitious goals. Some, I think, are a little too unrealistic. Right. Like, switching um, to 100% renewable in 10 years. It's not. Solar panels have been around for years, and we're still trying to get people. Oh, exactly. The government gives you a check back if you have solar panels. The cost of it is just too high. And and I know if you invest in it and you prioritize it and you give tax incentives um, through the government, the problem is, is that... We went through this already with the Obama administration. I don't know if you remember, um, the Obama administration invested in a solar panel company called Solyndra, and they ended up folding. So there was an attempt 10 years ago to invest in this kind of renewable energy from the government itself, and it didn't work. Now, perhaps if there's this Green New Deal um, that, uh, you know, it's alluding back to FDR's plan, the the New Deal, it's a big radical change. It's about not just... Um, The major issue of their time was um, the economy of our time is supposedly climate change. It's also social things. That's my confusion on it. How do you feel about them doing, you know, minimum wage and, you know, health care for all and a job for all? Those are all things that they're trying to include in this deal. Yeah, it is super positive. But at the same time, it's a little unrealistic. And the way that she preaches about it 
it's like she wants it it should have been done yesterday well it feels like she's trying to get too much done in one bill like exactly again, like and i know it's not a oh well she just doesn't understand the government well but it's it almost is like why are you shoving all of these things that aren't really about climate change into a bill that's supposed to be about climate change or exactly. a resolution about climate change um i don't know i don't know where this is gonna go well, i don't think it's going anywhere because i mean i i'm sure you saw it nancy pelosi speaker <laughs> of the house she like full-on shaded this deal she is a real one no she, she... is real i love she is the queen of shade and class at the same time she basically said little girl stay in your place we're gonna leave this alone and that's my only warning that just goes back to my point that i think the democrats are in real trouble come 2020 because they don't really know what to stand behind are they it's this scary. progressive wing and are they going to embrace progressive and you know in her case socialism or are they going to go back to the um more centrist and electable views that are of you know nancy pelosi and joe biden and, and those kind of people that you know, Green the... New Deal is just too crazy for those kind of people to ever consider. It is. But I also think that Pelosi and Biden, they are, I don't want to say true Democrats, but they truly. Well, they're the old school ones. Yeah. But they truly understand how the party works and how it should work. Now, see, I'm coming from a different perspective. Obviously, Which you know, I'm coming from that? a more of a right side versus left. <laughs> I don't think we need to do something crazy radical. Um, but. My problem with conservatives and Republicans is even if you don't believe in climate change or even if you don't believe in these things, you know, what's wrong with investing in renewable energy? Because the fact is fossil fuels are not renewable, right. which means eventually we will be out of fossil fuels. So why would we not want to, you know, technology does so many things for us and, and creates tons of new jobs. And if we invest in them at the government level, we can be at the forefront of a new industry. Why would, you know, Republicans who are supposedly the the party of big business mm -hmm. that, that a lot of people say, why would they not want to then invest in these big businesses? Obviously, because people say, well, they're in the pocket of big oil. And then the I think the um, the peak of pettiness is that Mitch McConnell has oh. said he is going to bring this to the floor of the Senate um, mainly as a way to see. Uh, will the Democrats stand behind her and her plan? He knows that they're not going to have the votes because the Republicans exactly. are not behind it. It's not about actually passing something. It's GOP, just about making a point. They will. The GOP will not pass this. No, well, it was all. never right. the, there was never a thought of it. It's just, you know, what is the point of this other than to make a statement? Next thing I'd like to discuss, unpopular opinions. Yes. So things that people... Some people share as an opinion of their own that they hold very quietly and closely because, <laughs> because the rest ashamed. of the right because the rest of the world thinks that they're crazy. Um, so Sherelle, give me one of your unpopular opinions. One of my unpopular opinions. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. It's for uh, most it would be an them. unpopular opinion. Exactly. So that's how you know it's real. I think Game of Thrones is probably the worst show on television. Mm. I feel that on a spiritual level. Thank you. I, it is boring. And I'm honestly like, I have seen clips of it. I've seen parts of it. I do not understand the uh, fascination with it. I'm, I... I'm not interested in that genre. So I wouldn't be into it at all. Same. Let alone this, you know, crazy, stupid, popular show. I just can't get into it. I always thought 
if I'm watching something and as a grown woman, I see a dragon, it's not for a grown woman to watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not. Also, can I say I'm super sick of it winning all of the awards? Every year. Sorry, guys. I think Beyonce is overrated. You did not just say that. Oh, you just screamed at me. I'm so sorry. I think Beyonce is overrated. I'm sorry. Um, I think she's a great singer. I think she's a talented performer, but I don't understand the cult-like fascination with her. Like, she's she's beautiful. She's... Yeah, keep on with the compliments. I mean, like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to, like, say anything bad about her because she's not... There's nothing, like, wrong with her. I just don't understand the fascination. It's the same thing with, you know, people obsessing... Here, here's I'm another one. I'm just trying to get well, it. Well, here's another one. Taylor Swift. Oh, I don't yeah, think she's no. that great either. She's trash, but As, she's trash, trash. I mean, they're they're good singers, but I just don't get the cult-like the follow. Like, what is that about? First of all, don't ever come at the beehive, ever, in your life. <laughs> I tell you, this is why it's an unpopular opinion. This is super unpopular, and I'm going to give you some time to think about this. Oh, I thought about it. Uh, I no, pro- no, I don't I think you really pondered promise. on That's what you I just held, said. I held my list here. I have a list. With all of my unpopular opinions, and I held it very close because I knew this was going to cause some problems here. <laughs> I'm starting drama. All right. Give me one. Hopefully you can offend me. All right. Actually, I don't think this will offend you. Okay. This is this might offend other millennials because this has become super popular over the past few years, and that's avocado on, like, everything. It's nasty. It has no flavor. It's green. It's gushy. And I don't understand that giant nut in the middle of it. That's my unpopular opinion. I mean, I'm not offended by it, but I disagree. I like avocado. Like, I like guac. I like, I don't know, like, when I go to, like, Chipotle or when I go to Pinchero's, I'll get some guac and I'll put, or I'll put avocado on it. Like, it's it's another, it's It's just there. Like, it's just, it's flavorless to me. It's just nothing. I mean, it kind of is flavorless, but. Then what's the point of having it? It's more protein. It's a plant. No, it looks like monster throw up on toast. <laughs> okay. Here, here's one. Um, sorry, guys. Fireworks, 100% overrated. I agree. I hate fireworks. There's no need. And on a personal level, I know some veterans that get highly, they have PTSD and it really does affect them. So it's rude when you, I understand 4th of July is like a big thing. But when you have these fireworks going off, they're from miles away and you can still hear them. It's offensive. I don't know. I've hated fireworks like basically since I was a kid because we would always go to the 4th of July celebration here in town. And I mean, as they were, our town had the best fireworks in the area and everyone from surrounding towns would come. But I'm guilty of that. Yeah. But I would always lay on the ground, either like tilting my neck up really far or I'd have to lay flat on, you know, cement, which was no fun on a blanket and then stare at the sky and be like blind and deaf from a show and everyone's like ooh fancy i'm like it's bright lights whatever (laughs) i agree fireworks are trash i'm sorry extremely so as i've gotten older now that i'm an adult um i think well i've been like this for a while but i think going to the beach sucks i'm sorry do you have a soul i hate the beach are you kidding no i hate the beach like so so i don't like going in the waves anymore because i'm an adult um, um, I'm a super adult and I love going in the waves. I don't love going in the waves because um, I, I hate eating salt water. Um, I don't like laying in the sand because sand is not a comfortable thing to lay in. And I'd much rather just 
lay at home. Oh, you're bitter. Every, no, everyone says like, oh, bring a book. Oh, bring your phone or whatever. Just look at those things. I'm like, I could just do that at home on my couch and not in the hot. I wouldn't have to put on sunscreen. I wouldn't have to haul all this crap up the beach. You like, are so right. Cause out of I just want to be years, home. All the years I've known you. I think you've mentioned going to the beach maybe twice. Cheryl, we don't go to the beach. <laughs> we don't do the beach. I walk on the boardwalk. I will walk on the boardwalk all day, any day, all the time. See, I'm against the boardwalk. Oh. I know too many people that I would see on the boardwalk. I just don't. I prefer to just sit on the beach all no, day. Oh, I hate the beach. I hate it. Oh. No, because I don't like it by in principle. And food, you just know you're eating sand. Like, I bring a sandwich on the beach, and, like, I start biting it, and it's, like... Eating a I, hoagie with the sand in it is just yes, part of being a Jersey. Like, no, but I feel like it crunching in my teeth. I oh hate my it. Gosh. I hate every bit of it. Every every part of it. So, lastly, uh, what we wanted to talk about was we wanted to take stock on the Democratic candidates for the 2020 election. Um, and we're going to focus on... I guess the more important ones are the ones that have a little more of a higher pedigree because... The ones that will get the line. Well, some of these, I don't <laughs> even know who they are, and I don't know what they stand for because, uh, like it or not, they're not getting coverage in the media. Mm. So here are the ones that... Matter. Matter and I know anything <laughs> about. So first, we have Cory Booker. Yes. So as a as New Jersey residents, he is one of our senators. Um he was the mayor of Newark. This is one thing that annoys me that a lot of people misconstrued. Cory Booker is not the next Obama. Obama mm. is in his own lane. Do not compare Cory Booker to him. Don't get me wrong. Cory Booker is great. Um, I believe that his campaign will like I, I do think he'll run similarly to Obama. But I don't think he'll be exactly like Obama. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he lost only because I feel like he's like a more calm down Ocasio. I just, I have a big problem with him because I don't know if you remember the I am Spartacus moment of Cory Booker. (laughs) I think the Democrats, their problem is that they need to be genuine. And that moment to me just proved that he wasn't genuine. It was absolutely a. What do you think? It was too uh, arrogant. It felt like. I know and you all know that I'm about to run for president in the next couple of months. So here is something that you're going to remember and talk about this whole campaign. And it, I think the Democrats are in a really tough spot if they cannot find a genuine, real sounding candidate, but, because that's exactly what they called Hillary out for is sounding robotic and sounding disingenuous and, and that she was out for herself. The problem is, is that a lot of these candidates are not getting airtime. Mm-hmm. on you know media coverage um and yet we're focusing on dumb things or old things like tulsi gabbard mm. i don't know if you remember hearing about her she is a uh representative from hawaii and she was caught up in her previous comments about um gay people um Ooh, and not only say? that but previous policies um like she was very actively uh, homophobic in some of her policy making um, and, and now she's trying to act like she is an ally when she was... Well, she's pulling a Hillary. Yeah, she she had this complete, you know, 180 of her policy stance. It's kind of hard to swallow for those people because how can you how can you reconcile that? How can you really believe them right. when they do that? I don't know. Kirsten Gillibrand? 
who? She, I mean, she hasn't officially declared. She still technically is part of an exploratory committee. So she came into the national spotlight because she was the first person or she was the most outspoken on Al Franken mm, and okay. asking Al Franken to resign. So that's, again, she's leaning into that sort of, you know, I took a stance on something, so I have morals, I have values, vote for me. It was kind of a, like, I am Spartacus moment. It's it's like a... Do not attack Cory Booker like that. Kamala Harris. My girl. Now, she would be someone, in my book, her and Cory Booker, they should be going head to head. I feel like she might be out of touch because she's in oh. California. She's a senator from California. Right. Which, when you're there... It's different from... East Coast is really where politics is at its best. Well, but... Just the fact that she's in such a liberal state, she doesn't really understand, you know, not the far left, but like the center, like centrist Democrats who may want not so progressive policies. And I don't think she'll ever bend on those policies because she is coming from that really progressive standpoint. So I don't know. Amy Klobuchar. Who stood out in the snow. (sighs) Those. (laughs) I understand, like. I feel like now, like, we're getting a little cheesy, Democrats, like how you mentioned the Spartacus thing. Mm-hmm. It was a little cheesy, but I don't, I mean, it's it's Cory Booker. She's out here standing in the snow, telling everyone her plans, running for presidency. It's great, but it was just a little dramatic for me. It was like, okay, like, I feel like now it's 2019, you can announce your presidency on Twitter. Like Pretty much. Or just apparently go. just go on Stephen Colbert's show. It, or just go that. on The Late Show. <laughs> Um, but she's currently wrapped up in a scandal regarding uh, former staffers of hers um, while she was a senator or currently is a senator. Um, she has a high turnover rate because it's coming out that she's abusive to her staff, not just mm. in words, but she would throw objects at them like papers and things. She was verbally abusive. She was. Um, was this during her campaign? No, like this was just as a senator. So this isn't just, you know. Can I explain the scary part, though, of, like, whoever is under her making these claims? Hmm. For someone that, myself, that works in a Senate office, you don't have an HR. So it's like, we were talking about this recently. You can kind of act how you want, because at the end of the day, you can only go to the media. And the media doesn't really care about a Senate going crazy. Unless you have, like, unless this person's super, like, claws out and you're recording it, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, in politics, you can't can't be sensitive because you have to remember the politician that you're running, like, that you're with in that campaign or, you know, in that house, they are getting hit. They're getting hit from every direction. They don't take their anger out on anything else besides the people working under them. Well, there's also some people, some of her former staffers are coming out in support of her and saying, like, she wasn't like that. So maybe she was just tough on them, but that she wasn't abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That might be a big roadblock for her because that's that's a personality thing and how you would handle the job. That, but I think that'll probably pass. Uh, time it's, will tell. It's still kind I mean, it's next year, but it's still kind of early. It is. And she does have the advantage of being from the Midwest currently the only one from the midwest so she's getting the uh minnesota is also a very um central state it's a very um purple state as you would call it Mm -hmm. so she may understand more of the issues unlike kamala harris or even cory booker coming from new jersey you know she might understand the issues of republicans and be able to sympathize with them and put in some left ideas but then maybe convert some independents who would 
potentially in 2016 may have voted for Trump. And lastly, we have, uh, in Trump's words, Pocahontas, oh uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, she is the female Bernie Sanders of the, the 2020 election. She's the GOAT. Does she have my vote? No, but she's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I mean, we may get, I mean, I, I guarantee we're going to get more candidates. Absolutely. And we'll take more stock later. But as of now... The race is as heated as it's going to be, and it's as wide open for one of these Democrats to take. It's weird. I'm getting half the vibe of, like, half serious Democrats and then half socialist hippies. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's the Democrats are split right now, and they're going to have to find some common ground because otherwise they're going to devour themselves. Uh, Cory Booker 2020. close out the show we have our micro assessments for the week yes um mine is actually about a new football league that just started uh it's on cbs and cbs sportsnet and it is uh the aaf or the alliance of american football uh if anybody is missing watching the nfl um (laughs) and and misses football on tv well there is a new league for you i was skeptical of it um but i did put on the game last week uh games are on saturdays and sundays and i thought it was very entertaining they do have some slightly different rules like you there are no extra points it's just two point conversion there's no kickoffs so instead okay. of kickoff they just start at the 25 yard line it's just simpler play it's trying to get the game faster the play clock is shortened so mm-hmm. they're trying to get the play quicker get it in and out in two and a half hours but i find it entertaining they had um I the think... team in orlando actually had a play this last week similar to the philly special from Super Bowl 52 of the Eagles. So, I mean, there's I think there's potential here. I mean, just, do you think there's a thirst for football outside of the NFL season? So would this just be like year-round football, basically? Well, no, this is a 10-week season. So well, there's eight teams and it goes for another 10 weeks. So they're done by like April. Right. And then, and then football's football back in like August. Up. But this is just weird. <laughs> it's like football on football. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Men are going to watch it. And women. But it's, I will be watching. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. It doesn't. I don't know. I feel like this isn't going to last too long. I feel like this is going to be the thing. No, scratch that. It will last. It'll just go. Who's airing this? It's on CBS. It'll go from CBS to TNT. And you know exactly what I mean. By um, that. So funny you should say that because they actually did also sign a broadcasting contract with Turner Sports, which includes TNT. Right. So, so then it, there are games that are going to be airing on TNT as well this season. So. Give it a few years. It's just going to go. Oh, from... and NFL Network and NFL Network is airing some games. So that's interesting. They have a, a agreement with them as well. But yeah, mm, just it's, in a few years, it's just going to go straight to just TNT gonna be like oh yeah you know tnt always plays those random movies they're gonna play that random sports team that no one watches well you got a fan in me (laughs) go orlando um okay so i have one for you all right what's your uh, micro assessment my micro assessment is the el chapo act and what is the el chapo act i am talking about the drug lord el chapo and somehow ted cruz managed to have this idea that he thinks that El Chapo Act to basically pay for the wall. Okay. Does that make sense? How so? Okay, so El Chapo has $14 billion, basically, even though he's like the king of Mexico. And since he is now guilty in this case, 
they want to have all his assets and his money go towards this wall and he wants there was it Ted Cruz wants the Senate to pass it do you think they should I mean through civil forfeiture the money has to go somewhere but um, to a wall Flint doesn't have water I mean at this point it would just be a, a a symbolic thing I think to put it towards the wall but no that's just I that's just Ted Cruz trying to, to get water on Trump's. security because that's exactly what was wrong with El Chapo he was smuggling underground so a wall wouldn't maybe El Chapo's a king well he can yeah, well he's gonna be in jail um <laughs> so a wall wouldn't fix that but invest in border security that's 14 billion dollars of free money for border security can we just leave the border alone no we can't like, leave the border can alone. we just leave it how it's been it's something's no. obviously been working that the numbers have been it's low not for working so how's it working numbers have decreased over the years we need if, screw border security let's talk about what's going on in the airport all right this is supposed to be a micro assessment we're cutting <laughs> this short if you want the cooperation of humans around you you must make them feel like they are important, and you do that by being genuine and humble. Nelson Mandela. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. And I'm Cheryl Boyer. You can find us on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking. And send us your comments or questions to millenniallyspeaking at gmail.com. That's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-L-Y speaking at gmail.com. We may even put some on the air. We'll be back next week. <laughs>